You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. Uh, we missed last week, but that's because we were slinging trailers. We are having a good time. Um, but I'm really excited about this episode. I've been really thinking about this episode for a very long time. Uh, one of my favorite human beings in the world, our general manager, Jordan Bradley from Salt Lake City. Jordan, welcome to the show. Dude, super stoked to be here, man. Dude, I, I'm really, really excited because you and I started almost on the same day because you were working for another RV company because you quit your dad's company. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we started, I started with your dad um, back January 18, 2018. And I think you did uh, the Tampa Super Show and then came back yep. um, for another dealership. But I just remember you walking in there, dude. I just felt like you were a god because you sold RVs before and I, didn't, I have no idea what I was doing. Um, but I'm really excited about this episode because you've seen, you know, you've been in RV dealerships since you were a kid. You've seen, you know, where a previous dealership that, you know, where um, your dad worked at and you kind of did a little bit for them and was, 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 did some detailing as a kid from, for them. Um, and then you went to, you know, Legacy RV in Salt Lake and basically worked, you know, all your, your way up. I mean, you started in detail, if I'm, if I'm mm-hmm. right, and then yeah. you're the general manager of the whole store <laughs> and pretty much, you know, a, a badass dude that has just taken a store from, you know, a little bit struggling back in the day. I'll say that to do now it's great communication and it's, I mean, literally had people, you know, crying on phone calls to be just like you. So without me telling your whole story, let's get into, you know, your story of like, you know, where you kind of started and how you became, you know, the GM of Salt Lake. Yeah, dude, it's been crazy. I mean, I literally did grow up in the RV industry. I think my dad, um, he got a sales job at a dealership when I was like three years old. Um, so literally since I've, as long as I can remember, I've got memories of, uh, going and looking at the trailers with him, hanging out. We used to do this thing as kids when the dealership would close. I don't know if his boss knew this or not, but the dealership would close and we would sneak there after work and we'd bring our rollerblades and we'd freaking skate around the lot. And so, yeah. And then when I got a little bit older into junior high, high school, like when they would do shows or something, you know, I'd always go and, uh wash trailers and help them get ready for those for a little on the side cash. And then my first job ever was, uh, as a lot attendant okay. <laughs> washing them. So right. yeah, dude, it's like that. I just, that's like all I know is RVs and, and I really do love the industry. It's a weird industry to work in, but it's, it's super fun. For sure. Um, but yeah, we started, uh, he, he left and, uh, helped start, uh, legacy and I was the fifth employee that they wow. hired. So they had my dad, um, they had uh, his two partners, and then a technician, and then me washing them. <laughs> so yeah. that's where it all started, dude. That's awesome, man. And, you know, we had your dad a couple of weeks ago on the show, and he's just, he's one of the most fascinating dudes I know. Passionate yeah, yep. is an understatement. Um, you know, as we've seen, you know, with a, with a couple. <laughs> instances of his passion just you know coming out but love the dude to death utmost respect for him i mean he he's battled through a ton and like you don't really know it but the dude has created a good little wealth for him with real estate and different things and smart guy yeah and just respect the heck out of him but um you know what they've been able to do with legacy and then with us coming kind of coming in and giving us the opportunity to to partner up with with troy and then um you know kind of growing it to different different dealerships have been epic what do you think, you know, going from like that step of being a lot attendant and kind of just being that grunt work, like how hard was it going to sales? Cause you started a legacy at sales, right? Yeah. I, I went into sales. I remember I was so stoked. Um, you had to be 18 cause you can't get a motor vehicle sales license in Utah till you're 18. So I right. just like, was like waiting for my 18th birthday. I remember I'd always get in trouble cause I'd supposed to be out on the lot washing trailers or picking up trash or something. I see a customer walking around. I just want to like go talk to him, try to sell him a trailer. I had no idea what I was doing, but I remember just like counting down to my 18th birthday. And it was probably, I don't remember the exact timeline. I feel like it was like on my 18th birthday, but it wasn't like a couple days after I turned 18, like I'm down getting my sales license and went into sales. Um, 
That was definitely different because you go from like hourly manual labor to straight commission. Now, right. instead of like making your money with your hands, now you're making your money like talking and listening. And so it was a huge learning curve. I mean, right. I think a lot of people think selling RVs like, oh, dude, I would be so good at RV sales. Like you just come in and just like make people laugh and they just throw money at you and you make all this money, like having fun and you barely do any work. That's what I thought. <laughs> right, that, that, I mean, that was during COVID. Yeah. That was during COVID. You get humbled really fast when you start to learn like, oh, dude, like sales is not easy at all, especially right. when you're selling a luxury item. You know, it's right. Not, that's one thing. Uh, it, it's the hardest part of selling RVs, but it's also the part I love the most is people don't have to buy an RV. You know, we're selling fun. We're selling a luxury item. It's not like we're selling cars or selling insurance. Like this is something people do not have to buy, but they're choosing to buy it because they want to invest in themselves and their family. And so that makes the sales process a little bit trickier because it's not like, you know, you, your car breaks down, you need a new car to get to work the next day, right. but you don't need to get an RV. Um, but that's also the part I love about it because it just, it's challenging, but you also just can throw a lot of fun into the sales process. Um, right. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been cool to watch, you know, you morph in from, you know, sales, which, you know, we did it together. Like when I started at Legacy, I was just a salesperson. I was not the greatest, but I would say I'm not, wasn't the worst. Um, I had a good RV show and thought I walked on water and then got kind of humbled um, very yep. quickly. Um, and we didn't really have any sales process. We didn't really have a finance no. process. We didn't have a desking process. I mean, how we did our own deals was we looked at the, you know, the gross profit and we said, you know, like, okay, that sounds good to me. And then you multiply it by our commission percentage. We're like, okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> and then, you know, okay, I'm gonna go talk to my boss. You walk around the corner, you might twiddle your thumbs a little bit and walk around. Okay, we can do the deal. You know, it's, a, there was no sales process, which in has kind of taught me that like, that's, that's almost really bad customer service. Cause it's kind of jerking the customer around a little bit. And like, it doesn't make it as seamless as we do now. Like yeah. I feel like now it's just, you know, like legacy or, you know, legacy is a machine and you know, I think we're turning a machine. So it's just been fascinating to watch the systems morph into that. So you went from sales and you went to finance. Mm -hmm. You're a badass finance manager. I'll say, I'll say uh, that. I loved finance every once in a while. Like, you know, being a GM is stressful. I love it, but it's stressful. Sometimes I just sit there and fantasize like, man, I want to, I'm just going to go back to finance. <laughs> that's where, that's where I take a mental vacation when I just need a break. But finance was super, super fun. That's yeah. a fun job to have. No, it, it uh, I, I, that's probably the one position in the company that I probably knew or know the least about, but I've been to some finance trainings and yeah, that's dude. It's fascinating. It's, it's, it's totally like RV, you know, loans are more like a house loan. I yeah. got, you know, they're, they're very complex. Well, I guess I shouldn't say very complex. It's just, it's a little bit longer process and takes more. We have a fantastic finance team. Um, but man, did you freaking crush it? I mean, you were one of our, you were the best guy in the group, you know, at the yeah. time. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. It's finance is a weird position because you have to be super organized. I mean, you're dealing with millions and millions of dollars going through your office and you screw up one thing on a pay on paperwork that could delay the money coming in from right. the loan funding for days or weeks. And so there's a lot of pressure there. Your paperwork has to be super clean, but then also you have to be good with people and you have to be a good salesman. Yeah. And it's hard to find people that can do both because yeah. sometimes you have people that do paperwork is spot on every single time, but they're so awkward and they can't talk to people. Right. Then you got people like Troy boy, you know, yeah. best salesman I've ever met wild, crazy all over the place. He's great at that part, but I would not trust him doing all that paper. No, I mean, he <laughs> lost my keys for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of finance managers are unique because you got to have people that can, kind of gravitate to both sides and, and come out and really build value in the products they're selling, but also make sure that all the T's are crossed and right. are dotted. But right. Which you, you know, your, your attention to detail is amazing. And I, the re, you know, reason why we're talking about this is because I want to set the the stage of like who you are and like where you've come from, right? Like you've, you've definitely have the story of starting, you know, at the bottom and then working your way all the way to the general manager position. And not only just was a general manager or is a general manager, you've excelled and created a dealership that I would need to and want to duplicate across the board. And your leadership is just, you know, next level. How, how what do you think prepared you for <laughs> that? And like, you've been like, we'll get into culture deep too, because you've been able to affect the culture in so many different ways that has honestly been so contagious. It spread to the other locations. 
Um, like what, what do you think prepared you to all of a sudden step in the, cause you became general manager at what age? Uh, 25, 25 of a multi-million dollar store. That's very prominent in Salt Lake city. That is a very important store to the group. Like what prepared you to step into that role? I think a couple things. I think one, it was helpful, um, having dipped my feet into those different positions, you know, detail. I never was a technician or did anything with that, but you know, at least like working back in the shop and kind of getting a feel for that. And then sales, finance, sales manager. I mean, so just kind of rounding my perspective a little bit, working for these different positions definitely helped. Right. I remember when I got made general manager, you know, I was sweating a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And it was, someone told me, hey dude, you've done sales, you've done finance. Okay. You got two departments down. Now you just got to learn parts and service. So you're halfway there already. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So I think that definitely helped. And I think from the leadership aspect, um, a weird thing that helped me was having, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to dog on anybody, but having managers that I didn't feel like they were, they had my best interest or had my back all the time. Right. Um, weirdly, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, that's, I don't want to be like that if I'm ever in that position. Um, when I got into this role, it was like, Hey, this is a cool opportunity to be that manager and that leader that I never had for my people. Right. Um, that's where a lot of my philosophies and a lot of my leadership tactics come from is, you know, and, and not just working for legacy, but other places I've worked, just having managers that I feel like were subpar that were, um, self-centered, you know, that just didn't have people's back. It was like when I, when I became, you know, sales manager, GM, it was like, man, I want to be the manager that I never had for these guys. So right. that's one thing that I feel like really helped me, uh, learn, I guess, what not to do. Oh, it's awesome. I would say that quite often, sometimes like in the struggle, right. There's like the dream, the struggle, the prize. And like, you know, you know this is where we want to go, but there's also the struggle. And then you get the prize at the end. And I feel like so many times we go through like the, the fire and we're going through hell and we're trying to figure out why, Right. But then yeah. it's like you can look back and be like, that's why it prepared me to become the leader that I wanted to be or needed to be. Because sometimes you have to know the opposite to build like who you are or to like not know. Because it's the same, you know, I'll talk about the dealerships for super quick is we, you know, we, 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 you know, bought Legacy in 2018, then there's 2019, then all of a sudden COVID hits in 2020. And, you know, we thought we were so good, you know, hardly breaking even. I wouldn't even call that breaking yeah. even. <laughs> that we thought we were so good. So hey, go spend a bunch of money on some more dealerships. Well, COVID gave us anything we wanted, right? Like it was just, it was just so good. But so we never really had like the crazy adversity pushback that we needed to grow. Well, I would say 2022 and 2023, really the latter part of 22 and then the whole year of 23 (laughs) has been that adversity has been that pushback has been, you know, I always say like the best way to, the only way to build a muscle is to have some resistance, right? Like yeah. just, if we're just here, you know, curling air, nothing's really going to happen. You got to grab that weight and put some resistance and that's how you build the muscle. Well, our muscle did not get built like it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with, you know, in your instance, like you had those managers and you had that resistance and you had that, you know, adversity and you had those people that you're just battling. Same situation I had when I worked at a nutrition shop in the mall. I hated the, Like I hated this regional manager. Like, I remember his name. I remember the jacket he used to wear. I remember what he looked like. I remember his stupid newsletters. He used to, like, that's how this dude's burned in my memory because I did. So I did everything I wanted to do was the opposite of him. Like, and we always talk in our company about coaching and being a true coach. And like, there's certain times where you coach and don't coach and, you know, different things or or maybe not don't coach, but don't freak out at the dude or whatever. You know, there's certain times and places, but it's, it's crazy to think it's hard because when you're going through, you don't want to go through it sucks right especially with i know who you're talking about and you know we have people and you're like man this like you know they, they something happens you think this the, what, what what are we going to do now but then you're like wow we can we can work through that how has you know what you're huge into self-development mm-hmm. i know you just went on an amazing retreat with tell us about the retreat you just went on dude it it was it was awesome um as, as cliche as it sounds it was literally life-changing for me um, it was with a, a group called Not Dead Yet. Um, I've been a member for about a year, and they do retreats here and there, and I've always wanted to do one. And, you know, they had one. Um, 
that I just jumped in and went for it. So, and I was a little worried because it was literally the week before the RV show, which is, oh, I know. you know, is chaos. And so <laughs> I was like, I kind of signed up for it. And then I was like, shit, I should probably ask Jason if he's cool with this. Well, I, I was cool with it until the, I was like, where's Jordan? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, no, we got that. I really appreciate you letting me go. But yeah, it was awesome. I just, uh, I went there to, you know, I thought we were going to like do some hiking and, and cold plunging and we did all that stuff. But the stuff that really helped me was the spiritual mental stuff. I mean, I had to dig in here and really um, dig up some things that I've buried for years and just sit with and work through. And it really, really um, changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. So no, it's awesome. It I, I know sick. I've known Matt for a few years. I cannot remember when I, I met Matt at our wedding. Really? Yeah. He showed up and was on the boat. So oh. we had a, we chartered a boat, a little yacht and Keaton was there and Keaton and Maddie and then Rob and Dana and they were coming, they're coming to, to the boat. And then they're like, Hey, well we have like Matt and Bonnie with us. It's kind of weird if we just say like, see ya. <laughs> and I'm like, no man, and invite them. So we got to kind of hang out with them and they're super nice. Like they're awesome. I think people. Matt and Bonnie, I think that they, they thanked me for having him on the boat like a hundred times yeah. that day. Like I was just like, wow, like, he's so nice. And then I saw him very shortly after um, at Keaton's house and we just kind of talked and then it's funny because I went to the birthday the next day and then we then he showed back up. He was supposed to fly out and he, he was like, dude, I was listening to this podcast so deep into this podcast that I'm sitting at the gate with my back to the gate. And I was so deep in this podcast that like an hour and a half went by and he like looked at his watch and he's like, oh, shoot, like the plane. And he looks back. The plane's gone. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I guess I'm going back to Keaton's house. So then that's why we kind of kept talking about you know, at uh, Keaton's daughter's birthday and just so, so many good conversations. And the dude is just amazing. And then it's crazy because, you know, they found out that you were a part of his group. And um, I love that dude. Why, why self-development? Like, why have you got into like so deep into self-development? Cause you guys have a book club at legacy. You're always doing motivational talks every single day. And like people are joining, there's people that join your book club that don't even work at the dealership, yeah. which it's funny because when I went to the book club, I thought she was a new salesperson. So yeah. I'm like, Hey, like good to meet you. Like, so I was excited to have you here. And she's probably like, Oh, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And then I see, see her leaving. And then, you know, Troy was like, yeah, she doesn't work here. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? So it's, it's, it's really cool to see you watch, but like, it, the, I think the coolest thing to see is how you've been able to affect others. Cause now you have an entire group of people at this location, just excelling in, in all areas of their life. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a long story, but self-development started when, so I was in finance. Um, I was starting to get really complacent. I mean, all of a sudden I'm making really good money. I started getting complacent, start eating like crap. And I just like got super out of shape. And then all the stress of like trying to figure out this new job. Finance is a super hard job. I mean, people think you, I thought this, you just go in and like send some numbers into the bank and then you sell an extended warranty and this and that. And then you make all this money and great. And you just sign a couple things. You're in air conditioned office all day. It's not like that at all. It, there's so many moving parts. It's so stressful. Well, the stress started just like eating me alive. Um, and I couldn't like find an outlet or handle it. And then I came to a point, I, I remember it super clearly. I was in my living room and I was just like miserable, so stressed. Um, I mean, I would go to work every day and I would be like puking from the stress. Really? And I remember, yeah, I remember I was just like, hey, I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. And this is not sustainable. Like I got to get something right. And so... I don't know why I picked this, but my, my little brother, who's one of my heroes in life, he goes to the gym religiously, right, Brennan? Mm -hmm. And I was just, I remember texting him, can I go to the gym with you tonight? He's like, yeah, sure. And so I went to the gym with him. And after the gym, weirdly, I was like, dude, I feel kind of better. Right. So I started going and going. And I became addicted to going to the gym just because it was an outlet to let all that stress out. And that's kind of what started. And then, you know, when, you know, as, as you know, when you start working on your body, start getting some confidence mm -hmm. and then it kind of led me to want to work on my mind. So you find all the starts with like gym podcasts and then those bleed into self-help. Next thing you know, you're reading books and kind of snowballing and it just, I love self-development just because I've come to terms with, we only get one life mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's kind of a dark place to go, but dude, one day both of us are going to be dead. Right. And so 
coming to terms with that, it's like, dude, I want to get the most out of every day. Like, and I want to see like what kind of person I can grow myself into physically. Sure. Yeah. I want to see how big I can get my muscles, but also mentally, spiritually, I just want to see how big I can get in all those aspects. Um, and I just feel like this life is such a blessing and it's such a cool opportunity to be able to just work on yourself and build yourself. Um, it's something I'm super passionate about. So that's kind of where it all started. And then, yeah, it was, you know, Brennan, uh, when he made him sales manager, me and him, we would listen to a lot of podcasts. We talk about books, we go to the gym together and he's like, dude, let's bring some of that to work. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I haven't thought about that. Yeah. So he's kind of the one that really started up book club. And, you know, we, we do these really like awesome motivational sales meetings and they got to the point where I was doing them for totally selfish reasons. It's like, I want to go to these meetings because they pump me up and get me right. ready for the day. You know, right. Well, I love going to them. Yeah. It's like, dude, like you can walk in and you know, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent every morning. Um, so sometimes I'm walking there. I'm like, Oh man, I'm not feeling it today. And just go sit in the meeting and just now it's to the point where, you know, everybody's energy's at a, at a level where it's like, dude, they pump me up. Like I used to be the guy trying to get them all pumped. And now they're the ones like getting me there. It's super cool. And it's just, it's contagious. Okay. How, how do you think that that, cause a lot of the dealership, you know, this is where I want to dive into culture. Cause a lot of the dealership does start in sales, right? Like, yeah. like sales is like a really, like everything has to work together, but a lot of business, I'll say a lot of business and things happen through sales, yeah. right? So how, and there's all in every dealership that every dealership out there, right? There's always a disconnect between sales and service and it's a battle and you know, the front and the back, you know, you yeah. got the front and the sales guys, the back of the technicians, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a war. Dude, you guys love each other down there. Yeah. Like love each other down there. And I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but in love's not perfect, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody has disagreements True. with the people they love. Um, so how has like building that culture and like really that foundation of those sales meetings been able to transfer into the other, cause you got like your service manager, Mike Paul, dude's a freaking animal. And I know he's all about self-development. I yeah. saw, you know, he's been going, the, he's, he's always talking about, Did he goes to the gym with us. Sometimes. Yeah, dude, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, so when I became sales manager, the first problem I wanted to tackle was sales and service hated each other. I mean, there was so much tension, so many fights Salesmen couldn't walk in the shop without, you know, starting shit. Technicians couldn't come up into the showroom without starting stuff. And so that was like my first priority. I was like, okay, hey, like, this is so toxic. This is the first thing I'm tackling. So Mike Paul had only been service manager for a little while. And me and him kind of became friends when I was in finance. He was a technician or he was the foreman. We kind mm -hmm. of just became friends, just water cooler talk kind of stuff. And so... First thing I did was get with him, like, dude, what what do we got to do? And luckily, he was super on board, too, where he was like, yeah, like, we all kind of just took ownership. Like, hey, the sales department does this and this, and that's obviously not healthy. And service is doing this and this. I can see why that frustrates the salespeople. So, you know, I'm uh, we, we just got on board, like, hey, no more. Like, we're done. And so we had talks with our teams, like, guys, we're all on the same team. Like, this is stupid to be fighting each other like it. I think we can get a lot more done if we all come together and work together, which we've seen. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. Um, but so kind of we started there, but obviously, the, I mean, this has been years that we've been working on this. So started there. And then my next thought process was I got to get the sales department right, because salespeople just transfer emotion. They transfer energy. That's why they're in sales. Right. Um, you, you can't be a good salesman if you don't transfer energy. And so the salespeople can transfer positive or negative energy. They're really good at it. And so that's how they get people to buy. They, they transfer that positive energy. They help them see the vision and the fun and the customer gets caught up in that. And that's how we make sales. On the flip side, they can transfer that toxicity. Right. So I was like, hey, sales department, energy powerhouse for the whole dealership. Like we got to get these guys right. And so we started having like some really serious talks about guys, I'm done with the negativity. Like I'm done with it. It serves no purpose. And there's a big difference between being negative and toxic and being frustrated and wanting to improve. Right. Right. Nothing's perfect. Like sometimes it's like, hey, dude, this and this in our process is broken and it frustrates the hell out of me. 
but here's something that I think we could do to make it better. I'm all for those kind of talks. The talks that I want no part of are, oh, well, this is going wrong and I'm sick of this and this guy does this and this and this, where we're just complaining. Right. That gets nothing done. And so we laid down, I mean, I laid down some really strict ground rules with the salespeople. I'm done with negativity. And it got to the point, sadly, that some people that wouldn't get on board with that had to get cut off the team. And that's those are some of the hardest decisions I ever, ever had to make in leadership. But after those people were gone, I just kind of sat there like, man, I feel this huge weight lifted off me. I actually had people come to me and say, hey, I didn't realize so-and-so dragged me down so much. But now that they're gone, like, I just feel so much better. Right. That was super eye-opening, just going, man, I I didn't think they were that big of a problem. I just knew they were a little bit toxic. But then when I have people that work back in the shop saying, hey, uh, that dude, that chick used to stress me out so much. It's like, geez, like one toxic negative person can affect the whole Oh, story. yeah. I mean, it's just like one, <clears throat> one cancer cell, right? Yeah, like, dude. So that was kind of, you know, phase one, getting with Mike Paul, getting in alignment sales and service phase two, getting the sales department dialed in phase three, weed starting to weed out all the people that, because at this point we've been doing preaching this for a year Mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, if you're not on board with this, then at this point, then we're going to have some really hard conversations at that point. And it sucked. And I, I didn't enjoy that at all, but the after the after effects, yeah, were huge. Yeah. No, huge. How how do you think that's transferred into the, your guys' ability to take care of customers? Oh, so much. I mean, like, the coolest part, so when I when I first became GM and we still had some of these toxic negative people on our team, we'd have something, we'd have a you know customer come in with some frustrations, which that's just gonna happen, you mm-hmm. know? And instead of that customer having my back, they would just be like, Oh, this, you know, this is unacceptable. This should have never happened to you. Here's Jordan. And then I'm getting blown up, right? Um now it's kind of shifted to where it's like, I almost never get customer complaints because people just handle them. Right. Again, I'll hear stories all the time. Oh, dude, did you know so-and-so that picked up their trailer? They got it home and they had this huge problem and this and that. And, you know, I went out to their house and we fixed it. And I'm like, I didn't even know that happened. It's it's yeah. awesome. That's so it's awesome. made my job easier as a manager, but it's so cool. I'm just so proud of our team members just for taking ownership of that. It's like, hey, yeah, I don't work in the service department. Yeah, I'm not a manager here, but I'm the one that sold you that trailer and it's having problems. So I'm going to be part of the solution. I might not be able to fix everything, but I'm going to do everything I can to help. And literally so many people on our team have that mindset. Super, super cool to see. No, I love it. And it really is like it's it's contagious, right? And like yeah. the thing when you start having that good culture in a business or you know, specifically in a dealership, it, that confidence that translates into the, the customer is is huge because like you're on your stuff, like you got your de- your your processes dialed in, but then it's it goes more of processes and in, in details. It's attitude, yeah. Right, it's how we're taking care of the customer, how we're talking to them, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes customers need to be directly told, like, hey, that's not how, like, this is this is yeah, that's bad, or this is bad, or like you have to talk to them directly and just tell them, hey, straight up, what happened, or yeah. even if we screwed up, hey, this is what happened, like. We can sit here and be mad at each other or we can find a solution to 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 move forward. And and quite often relationships are made in those tough times. You know, yeah, totally. we have some of our best customers are some of the ones that, that screwed up. Yeah, true. <clears throat> I mean, I saw some customers at the RV show that I'm like, oh shoot, like, you know, the the you know, maybe I mean and again, like, you know, it's manufacturer stuff, but yeah, whatever. And you know, things happen and they're like, hey, no, like you took care of us. I heard multiple times like, hey, like, you know, buy from legacy because they take care of you. Buy from you know, how can they take care of you? And it really means a lot to me because I don't see everything going on. Yeah. And, you know, you you guys are the ones that are customer facing and it just, I appreciate it. Like, it means a lot to me because it's a brand we want to create. What is, what is some advice you would have somebody out there that, that has maybe some cultural problems or some maybe cancers in their company? Like, what would you advice would you give to them to start like, hey, today, this is what you got to yeah. do. You're listening to this on your, on your ride into work today. What are you going to do? You know, that, that's a good question. I'd say, first off, realize regardless of your position, you can make an impact. And that was something that I have preached over and over and over. You don't have to be in a management position to start to shift the culture. And I feel like our, the culture shift at our dealership really started when I was in finance. And it was really me and some of our salespeople that decided we're done with this. That's where the seeds got planted. 
So realize, um, regardless of where you're at, I don't care if you just started there three weeks ago or you've been there for 10 years, whatever position you're in, you can have an influence on the culture. It's just like we talked about those couple toxic people that had to go, the influence that they had on the whole company. So if you can have a negative influence that way, I also believe on the flip side, you can have a positive influence the same way. So start where you're at. You don't have to say, oh, when I become a manager, then I'm going to change the culture. Just start right now in the position you're in. One positive person can have a huge freaking impact. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I've seen that at the dealership. We have some amazing service writers. You know, they're not in management, but they just, that energy transfers to the salespeople, the technicians, their managers. I've had employees, I've had sales guys and, and different employees under me that are so contagiously positive that they actually help me be better. Right. You know, so start where you're at. Um, the second thing I'd say is, you know, if you are in management, then it's absolutely your responsibility. Um, another thing that can be hard is look in the mirror, you know, because Mm. I realized I was actually contributing to the negative culture for a long time. And that's where it really started to change. You know, when I was in finance, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm running around gossiping. I'm complaining. I'm not being part of the solution. I'm just sitting in the problem. So you might have to check yourself a little bit like, hey, am I contributing to this at all? Um, and just make those adjustments. You know, a big thing that's helped me is like, man, I just, I got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So right. when, when problems come up, it's just got to be, you know, instead of sitting in the problem, oh, this sucks. I hate this. Why does this always happen? It's got to be okay. You know what? What happened, happened. We're going to take the lesson from this and be better. But what can we do to to get it handled? Right. That mindset is huge. Well, and it's just controlling your emotions, controlling the situation, and in just making the decision, right? And like yeah. control what you can control. Like the other night, you know, we're we're going through a situation <laughs> at the RV show, <sighs> and you know, we had a situation happen, and you called me, or like you're like, hey, yeah, like you know, this happened, and I was like, okay, and so I get to the the, to the expo center. And, you know, we're sitting there and I'm looking at all these trailers that need to be hauled back. And then, like, you're like, yeah, like, you know, I'm not going to get into details, but yeah, like, this happened. And you're like, hey, man, like, you know, next time can we just make sure this doesn't happen again or just have better communication or see what happened or this and the other? And I'm like, dude, like, I'm over here with little puffs of smoke coming out of my ears. And, I, and you just, like, were like, hey, man, like, let's just figure it out next time. And that helped actually prepare me for the conversation I had to have with a couple individuals about, you know, kind of dropping the ball and what happened. And then, you know, we figured it out, but it really made, you know, it, it, it was like, I was literally driving back. I'm like, dude, like, thank you. Like, yeah. like I, you had every reason to be pissed. Right. Well, it's funny because before that I was pissed and I went to one of my guys and I was like, dude, this like, I'm not perfect. I'm like, this is ridiculous. We're going to be here till midnight. Like this is, I can't believe this happened, you know, and I'm kind of complaining and doing all the things I'm telling you guys not to do. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, I'm frustrated too, but complaint is not going to get anything done we just we got a job to do i was like so he checked me and then you called me shortly after and then that kind of had me my mindset right fixed you know but it's cool because like on the opposite end we could have just caused a chain reaction that made me rip heads off right like i could have just called screaming (laughs) but like you you, like it's just it's cool to see that culture and that going i mean yeah did i have to haul trailers until four o'clock in the morning yes (laughs) i did um did i go to sleep for like three days no i didn't um but it is what it is. Like I can only control what I can control. I can't control what happened. I can't control it. Whatever. Like we just get through it. The mission is to get the trailers from the expo center to back to the dealership. Yep. You know, we just folk, you know, mission oriented, right? Like we'll do the after action report after the battle. Like, you know, I love the, I love the military because they're in the heat of the battle. They're fighting for their lives. Right. And then they go back to base and they say, you know, get the AAR, the after action report. What happened? What could we have done better? What was the breakdown? What was this? What was that? Like they go through every, every, you know, every scenario what happened. And that's what I, you know, we still need to do that for the RV show, but that's, you know, we have to just be mature enough to be like, Hey, we can't control what just happened. We can show we can control. And right now we can control our asses driving trailers back to the, you know, back to the dealership. So I appreciate that because it is contagious. And I've seen, you know, the way you guys talk and the way we, you guys do things at, at legacy, I have seen that transfer in the other stores. I have seen, you know, at the RV show, hey, like I've seen, I saw a couple a couple guys that maybe would have joined in negativity um, previously say, hey, you know, 
negativity i'm checking you dude just get out of my face with that negativity like we're here to just sell have fun take care of our customers and take care of each other like we this is our super bowl the mission's the super bowl and and we'll get through it so again like i know i've said thank you a million times but like you've been able to take like self-development culture processes relationships people and build a beautiful ecosystem in this dealership that man i need to just I need to take you to other dealerships yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in it did. It's been awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, dude. It's, it's been uh it's been a challenge, but it is cool looking back and seeing how far we've come. And it just makes me excited to see where it's all going. Heck yeah. Cause the culture previously completely different, right? Yeah. Completely different. I mean, it, it what I started, it was a wild west and then it started to get a little bit more worse and worse and worse as we, you know, we, I say we, me, was maybe a little bit blind to some of the people that we had, you know, working here at the company, thinking, oh, there's no way they could be the problem. And then, you know, when they're gone, it's like, whoa, like, you know, do I, I started to really like have these like questions in my head of like, do I really know people like I usually think I do? Yeah. Right? Like, I always feel like, oh, I can read people. I know people like my six senses people. Like, it's freaky. Like, the way people type stuff out on Instagram in their captions, I can almost know something is wrong. And I did, I multiple times I've called like, what's going on? They're like, what are you talking about? Like, I just saw like you, you didn't do a period where you usually do a period. I'm so freaking hyper aware at stuff like that. But then it seems to be the closest people maybe know you the best. And they kind of put this little blinders on me and we're, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, faking me out, but like kind of, kind of, kind of crazy situation. But like what, what you guys have been able to do at, at legacy and, and kind of work through those things and stay in the ground with us has been huge. And, and even to keep the attitudes for the last, the last year's not been great for anybody. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people in this podcast has heard me, but really it's affected you all greatly as well. And to keep that mindset pushing through, dude, you got to, cause you go in the control you can control and what we can control is our mind. Yeah, dude. And, and I feel like the hardships were really like a time to test us. Right. Right. Like we spent all this time getting the culture, right. Getting our mindsets, right. Trying to build that foundation. And then we went through this crazy freaking storm and it was like, okay, like now it's time to put all this to the test and see if it really works. And right. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're coming through it on the other side, Oh yeah, man. but I mean, I'm also glad we went through it. Cause it did show me a couple things. That's like, Hey, we thought we had this dialed in. Nope. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that we thought we were dialed in, right? Like I, Hell, I've spoken at multiple different conferences saying all the stuff we had dialed in. Then you go back and be like, oh, actually, we didn't have anything dialed in, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, dude, it's honesty, right? Like you, and you constantly learning. I'm sure that we'll do, we'll look back on this podcast and say, yeah, we don't do anything and say how we used to because we're constantly learning. The, the, yeah. Like people are evolving, the, our customers are evolving, the world's evolving, technology is changing. I mean, we can't, I, I got told many years ago by this, this uh, mentor of mine, he's like, shift happens. Constantly have to be shifting, yeah. adapting, being versatile in different things and just moving with, you yeah. know, what you're doing. And I always, I never forget that shift happens, shift happens, shift happens. And I always you think he said shit happens, but no, it's a shift <laughs> happens because you really have to be moving forward and adaptable and like culture wise too, because everything's changing and, you know, our, our employees are changing, the world's changing and everything. What is some, what are some of the biggest things for you when you think of culture? Culture is a weird one. It's um, first thing I think of um, is just like the feeling, the vibe. So have you ever gone to a business or a restaurant and something just feels off? Yep. Like that's culture. So when people come into our dealership, especially like if it's their first time, like you're kind of guarded. You don't know what to expect. Like is some slick Rick sales guy going to like attack us or is everybody going to be cold and not want to help us? So people are already a little bit guarded. And so, I don't ever want, like, I want people to come in and instantly, like, feel that warmth. Like, oh, dude, this, these people are cool. This place is cool. Like, you can have the opposite effect. So you've, you've been to places that feel off, feel kind of weird, where you're like, I've also been to places where, like, dude, this place is a vibe. Like, this place right. is cool, right? And so that's that's what I think of instantly when people talk about culture. Like, just how, if I've never been in this business before, how does it feel when I walk in? Right. And then I look at it from two perspectives. So that's the customer side, but then the employee side, and they go hand in hand. The employee side, the lens I always look at it through is if it was my first day on the job, like I've never been here, I've never met any of these people, like, you know, um, how would I feel? 
Right. Um, I, I, I use those lenses sometimes just to kind of check myself. Okay. If I was a customer first time here, what would I think? You know, cause sometimes we get complacent to stuff and then right. it's like, Oh, maybe the stack of old broken printers on the reception desk, maybe that's off put if I came in and saw, you know, right. Or it's like, Hey, you know, it's my first day on the job. Oh, maybe we need to do some rearranging in the employee break room. It's kind of right. weird. It's kind of right. junky, you know? Yeah. And like, 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 like it's almost like, is if it's first, it's like you're doing an orientation with a with a with a new employee, and it's like you're a little embarrassed about the way it looks. Right? Yeah, like you're like, yep. oh, hey, yeah, this should this is <laughs> yeah. you're always, oh, yeah, this is usually Just clean. Ignore that. That's yeah, this is over here. This, <laughs> I don't know what's this doing over here, and then you're like making notes, be like, yeah. shit, we got to change it. No, that's funny, dude. But that's why I think of culture. I, I look at it from okay, the the customer experience and then the employee experience, and just like to really really simplify. It, just how does it feel? Like, right. What's the vibe? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it friendly? Is it unfriendly? Um, yeah, just how, how's the overall vibe and you can look at it from either one of those sides. Right. Do you ever, you know, what do you do with customer feedback? Customer feedback's huge. Like a lot of times, um, I love, but hate these conversations. There's a customer that's really heated. Like we screwed up. We're not perfect. We messed stuff up and maybe we messed up in the sense we didn't set their expectations properly. So they thought things were going to be one way and they were another, whatever. So customer wants to come talk to me. Um, I really, I had a conversation with a guy a couple weeks ago. He was super heated. We just, we didn't set expectations properly. We just dropped the ball on a couple things. And he's the nicest dude, but he was, he was heated. So he sits down with me and instead of like calling names, yelling, like he was, you could tell he was mad, but he was really like still pleasant to deal with. And he's like, Hey Mm -hmm. dude, I could have just left and never come back, but I want to tell you my experience. So he tells me, you know, what happened. And I actually really appreciated this dude because me, I'm, I tend to not be confrontational. So I'm like, I would have just hooked up my, to my trailer and left and never came back. But the fact that he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to go talk to someone. So he sat down, tells me what happened. He's like, man, you know, I just feel like my expectations were kind of, you know, they weren't met and I thought it was going to go this way. I actually went this way. And I really appreciated it because it was like, dang, like I thought this process was fine because it's been the same process for 10 years. But hearing that from you, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of, so, so what it was, we had a, it's been great. We close our, and I've talked to you about this. We closed the whole shop for lunch, mm-hmm. service riders, warranty admin, technicians, everybody just, it made the scheduling so much easier and helped the shop efficiency. Well, one thing that I didn't think about when we were doing this was what if that's the only time a service customer can come in? Right. So that's what he said. He's like, man, it was just really frustrating to have to move my lunch around. Like I'm at work and this and that. And I just felt like that was a process you guys put in place for you, not for me. And I was like, wow, dang. Wow. So I really appreciated that. And the conversation ended great. I thanked him for not being an asshole and for being, you know, pleasant and right. thanked him for the feedback. And we actually went and changed that. We still have all the technicians take lunch at the same time. Cause that just really helps the service schedule. But we have, we staggered the service writers lunches. So I always got someone at the counter in case we run to that situation again, where it's like, dude, my lunch break is the only time I can come in to chat about my RV or come pick it up. And so yeah, customer feedback's huge. Yeah, you know? and I, a, I really awesome. appreciate it. And with that too, like I like to get the positive feedback too. You know, if I love it, my, one of the favorite things about my position I'm in is when someone comes up, like I had someone a couple of weeks ago, pull me aside. He's like, Hey, you're, you're the GM, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, can I talk to you outside? I'm like, Oh crap, here we go. Yeah. Let's, let's go talk to so go outside. And he's like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, Ralph, um, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my whole life. He's like, he did this, 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 I was blown away and I bought, trailers before and it's never ever ever been like that so i was like geez thank you like that's really cool like i knew he was doing a good job but i didn't realize he was doing all these extra things for customers so i appreciate that kind of feedback too i grabbed ralph was like dude because he he knew that was his customer he saw me outside he was like dude what did he say like because he heard him come grab me i'm like dude he uh he was blown away by his experience and anyways so yeah, customer feedback's huge for me. Oh, it's awesome. And like the biggest thing I think with customer feedback is doing something about it. If, if yeah. it makes sense, right? But then I truly believe in communication. So like if you have customer feedback, like I like I've gotten customer feedback from a lot of people, trust me. Like, especially you know, having the <laughs> podcast and social media, like I'm a billboard of people blowing up my DMs, right? But I, I'll tell them, like, hey, that 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 actually, like, I, it's great feedback, and I can understand that, you know, from your perspective. But here's why we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, X, Y, and Z. 
Yeah. So they don't think that I just ignore them and then just say, oh, he didn't take my feedback. It's just, okay, like, let's chat through that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why we do it. You tell me why it frustrates you. If we can come into the middle or something like that, then we can, you know, if it makes sense to change a lot of processes. But, you know, everybody's different. Every trailer's different. Every location's different. Every, you know, climate's different. Sometimes it's snowing in Logan. Sometimes it's snowing. You know, it's just everything's different. So let's just talk about the why, you know, and I think that that's extremely important. And, you know, if, if people are listening to this and say, well, yeah, customer feedback all the time. Well, yeah, but do you ever say, hey, no, no we're not going to do that because yeah. of this. Right. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes that's what it comes down to. Just helping them see the bigger picture. Right? Especially and we run into that with first time RV buyers a lot just because. Right. You don't know what to expect. Maybe you, you think it's going to be similar to when you bought your truck. Oh, but then the financing's a little bit different and the warranty's different and this is different. And, you know, so there can be some frustration there. So, yeah, that's that's a good point. It's not going to be they give you that feedback and then, oh, let's just go ahead and change everything. Yeah. It's more of, hey, you know, I get that. And I'm sorry that we didn't set those expectations and help clarify that. But this is why it's like that. That's a right. super good point. Yeah, and I, th I think people just want, most of the time, just want to be heard. Yeah. And they want to feel like you care. Whether you do something with it or not is up to you, right? Yeah. But I think that they just want to know that you care. Oh, thank you for the feedback. I yep. really appreciate it. I'm going to go talk to the person. I'm going to let them know. Quite often, I'll message them back, hey, I talked to this individual. I got it handled. Again, thank you for your feedback. Keep it coming. Yeah, that's huge. You know, where they go, oh, okay. Just to, I, I do think that's a huge need people have is just to be heard. Like our, I've done training a couple of times, heater 101, like how to deal with the heater. You got someone on the phone, they're just irate, which doesn't happen very often, but it does once in a while. You know, they're just yelling, screaming. Okay, what do you do? One, if they're, if they're really just bullying and harassing you, we don't tolerate that. But most of the time that's not, they're just frustrated. Okay. Right. And so it's just, all they want is to listen. And if they're here and they're just, they're just super mad and you meet them there, you're just going to keep escalating the situation but if they're right. yelling and you know they're super upset and you're just okay and you maybe even ask them some questions okay so tell me a little bit more about you know people tend to chill right out just right because all they want is for someone to listen to them right right so i think that's huge too. yeah i mean it, it's 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 probably our probably the number one complaint in in any business is oh they don't care they don't this they don't that like it's it's, it's just taking the time to care. Right. Yeah. And, in you know, especially with me, like I, I'm not afraid, like people hit me up, people hit me up all the time. Now, am I the best person to come to for some, some of the stuff? <laughs> no, because I don't know the situation or I'm going to be playing middleman yeah. or like, you know, but, but like I a hundred percent solely trust the general managers, the service managers, the sales managers to take care of situations. And anything barely, very rarely comes to me very rarely because you guys do a fantastic job. It's almost like guys, like give me someone to call. Like, <laughs> you know, I, cause I, I feel like I'm pretty good at, you know, talking to people and understanding the personalities and tell me, tell me more, tell me more, yeah. tell me more until they can't tell me anymore. And then like, Oh yeah, well that, that's all I have to say. Like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's talk through it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, I've done house visits. I've done all kinds of crazy stuff. I remember going to a heater's a heater's house, and I pretty much all he wanted to do was just talk about he was frustrated and drink a beer. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is the most interesting conversation. Yeah. And, I, and I think you'll die laughing when I tell you who it was after this. But uh, he bought a he bought a torque from us many many years ago. Okay. Um, but it was it was like okay. He's like, man, I just honestly just want you to know that he, I just wanted you to care because and, and you coming out here, it was way out an hour from my hour and a half from my house. And I just wanted you to care. And he's like, let's just have a beer together. Oh, okay. Sounds good. You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now, but you know, I think that that that's big. And with what the brand that we're trying to create is customer service. And you know, we can only do, we can only control, what we can control, we can only do so much. Yeah. And, but it really, it's that communication key is, is very, very important. So last thing I want to ask you, man, is, is again, I appreciate you being on the show. I, I really am excited about this one because you are literally walking the walk and talking the talk and doing everything right now inside of a business, leading a dealership, you, you know, kind of our flagship, you know, but it's, it's an amazing store, not saying anything, but then we're about to, you know, launch this brand here in the next probably, what is it? Almost 45 days. Yep. Um, that's going to be, you know, 3.0 almost, um, which I'm so, so excited about. Too. Um, Last thing I want to ask you is, what does success mean to you? How do you define success? Dang, that's a deep one. Mm -hmm. I think 
my definition of success has kind of changed, especially over the last few years. Like, you know, it used to be like really monetary. Okay. Like my success is how much money I make. I think for me, my current definition of success, which I'm sure will evolve is, and this is for me personally, not, not for the business. I've got definitions of that too, but for me personally, success, um, how do I feel? You know, how do I feel about myself? Like when I go home and look in the mirror at the end of the day, am I proud of myself? Am I grateful for myself? Do I have love for myself? Um, that's ultimately, do I have that inner peace and that inner confidence? That's ultimately what I'm striving for the hardest right now in my own personal life. That's what I define success on. And with that too, it's not just the relationship with this, with myself, but my relationship with the people closest to me. You know, right. How's my relationship with my spouse? How's my relationship with my family? Are my relationships strained and toxic? Are my relationships full, loving, um, you know, so that's really how I'm defining. I'd say like business wise, um, the culture is a big one that I come back to. I mean, obviously we're, we're here to make money, right? We're right. here to turn a profit. The profitability is super, super important, but second to that. And I think they go hand in hand is how's the culture, right? You know, how, how are people treating each other? How does it feel to walk in every day? Is this a team that I'm proud to be a part of? Is this a company that I'm proud to be a part of? Um, yeah, that's, that's how I define it. Dude, I love that. I, I will say that's probably one of the best definitions. So I ask all my guests what the definition of success is. That's probably one of the best definitions I've ever heard. Thank you. Like it's, <laughs> and it's so true, dude. It's so true. Like I, I'm going to go back and listen to that because that was, that was awesome, dude. I really, really appreciate you. Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. You are a, you are a walking example of a, the, one of the most amazing leaders I've ever met. Dude, and thank I'm, you. I'm so proud to be standing next to you i'm so happy that i get you know we're we're family that we've been together pretty much since day one yeah. um <laughs> and you know we've been through so much together um and like i, I could not ask for a, a better friend first and foremost and mm. you know brother and in general manager deleting you know our salt lake store so i just i appreciate you so much dude mm. it's I love when people come into Salt Lake because I can't wait for them to meet you mm, and the team there. So I dude, appreciate thank you, man. you. That that means the world coming from you, dude. Seriously, no, so, love you to death. I'm excited for the future, man. Now hit up Jordan on social media. Jordan is Jordan Bradley, I think, on uh, Instagram. Yeah, I think right? it's I don't even Jordan Bradley underscore. I think is my yeah, handle. Yeah, yeah. Check him out. Um, <laughs> also, check out ambitionnutrition.com. Um, is that the website? Yeah, right, ambitionnutrition.com. Jordan's got a little side hustle in the, in the family as well. Um, with nutrition supplement shop that I buy a ton of supplements from them and energy drinks and all. I got a stack over like here on my desk. Like energy drink customer. Dude, I love it. Well, yeah, you guys supply the store, so I love it. Um, but I appreciate you, know, you doing that. But they yeah, hit up uh, Jordan for Ambition Nutrition. The only dude that I ever know, if you live locally in Utah, he will deliver that shit straight to yep, you. you know I you still do that, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep, I love 24 it. 24-hour delivery. 24-hour yep. delivery, man. It's incredible. It's incredible. You guys get off work and you go do deliveries. Phenomenal um, business, which maybe one day we got to get into the to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but again, uh, you know, if you like this episode, please share it. Um, please feedback, review everything. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening to the show. Uh, if you ever need to check out an RV, we'd love to serve you and your family. Um, we be really, truly believe in the memories you can create with your family. And this is the best lifestyle in the world. I believe it is the American dream to spend time with your family and get out on the road in an RV at LegacyRVCenter.com and CastleCountryRV.com. Soon to be HaugenRV.com. Coming mm -hmm. soon, baby. Coming soon. I'm here up on Instagram at Jason Haugen, all over YouTube, podcasts everywhere. I appreciate you guys. See you on the next episode of Culture Camp. Peace.